God. Father, we thank you, Lord, for tonight. Lord, we love you. And we ask that you would be with us, Father God, as we seek your face, Lord Jesus, as we dive into your word, Lord God, in a little bit. But right now, Father, we're just going to take some time and we're going to focus on bringing our hearts in alignment with you, Lord Jesus. We're going to focus on clearing our minds, clearing our hearts, Father God, of every unnecessary thing that does not need to be there in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father God, we love you, Lord Jesus. We magnify your holy name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You can keep the music going. You can keep the music going. We're going to keep it going while we pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. People of God, just seek the Lord right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father, for allowing us to have this time, Lord Jesus, to seek you in prayer, Lord Jesus. You're a faithful God, oh, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Right now, Father God, we lift up, Lord God, our children, Father God, that are under attack right now, Lord Jesus. Our, our children, Father God, where, where issues, Father God, are, are being just directed to our kids, Father God issues that kids should not even ever have to deal with, things that kids should not even ever have to talk about or know about, Father God. Lord Jesus, there, there are things that are being pushed on our children, Lord Jesus. Everywhere they look, Lord Jesus, on television, on their tablets, Father God, in the schools, Lord Jesus, in education, Father God. Oh, and we come against that right now in the name of Jesus, Father God. And we ask, Lord, Lord Jesus, that you would give us the wisdom, Lord Jesus, how to deflect those things, how to protect, Lord God, our children Father, from these attacks straight from the enemy that is trying to shape their mind, shape their heart, and to get them, Lord God, to, to think, Lord Jesus, in a certain way. Oh, Father God, but Lord, you have, you have called us to have a godly perspective, a kingdom mind, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, you've called our children, Father God, unto you, Lord Jesus. You said, let all these children, my children, come unto me. Let all these little ones come unto me. Oh, Lord Jesus. You invited the children to come to you, Lord. So they could learn from you, Father God. Father, we pray, Lord Jesus, that the word would would reign in their lives, Lord Jesus, that your word would rule over them, Father God. Lord, we have our work cut out for us in our own homes, Lord Jesus. We have our work cut out for us here in the church, Father God. Lord Jesus, we have to play, place more attention, Father God, on what we do with our children. In our children's ministry, Father God, in our youth ministries, Father with our young adults, Lord Jesus. Give us wisdom how to direct, Lord Jesus, the finances of the kingdom, Father God. To lead our children, Father God. To teach them your ways. To raise them up in your word. To raise them up in the church. To raise them up in ministry, Father God. To teach them how to serve, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus, 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 Jesus. 
Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father God. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father God, we have just a couple of weeks before school starts, Lord Jesus. Our public schools, our private schools, parents are getting ready to gear back up, Lord Jesus. Parents have a to-do list, Father God, of things to do, a task list, things to, that they have to check off, Father God, clothes that they need to buy, Lord Jesus, backpacks, getting things in order, Father, all the, the regular stuff. But Lord Jesus, let us not put the spiritual things on the back burner. But Father God, let the spiritual things, Lord Jesus, be our priority. Let them be at the forefront, Father God, of what we need to do to prepare our kids for school. To prepare our kids for going back, Lord Jesus, into settings, Father God, that they've been away from the last couple of months. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you would protect the children of God from strange children from strange children, Father, that have been indoctrinated and that are being used by the enemy, Father God. And Lord, that any strange child, any, any, any person, Father God, that is trying to, 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 to indoctrinate or, or push language or agendas, Father God, on our children, Lord Jesus, that you would allow them, Father God, to have an encounter with you, Lord Jesus. And that's why this message, Lord Jesus, the gospel is not just for those, Lord, that have already been saved. The gospel is for those, Lord Jesus, who do not yet know you. Lord, let us always be a people, Father, that reaches out. Let us always be a people, Father, that goes into the community. Let us always be a people, Father God, that can come against any, any attack that can thwart, Lord Jesus. that can thwart, Lord Jesus, people that have identified children of God, teachers, Father God, that have identified Christian students and try to persecute them in one way, shape, or form. We, we come against that right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father God, that Christ in the classroom, Lord Jesus, Christ in the classroom, Lord Jesus, Christ is in the classroom, Lord Jesus, that teachers that are Christians would pray, Lord God, over their classes, over their schools. We know you have placed Christians in every school around the country, Father God. You have placed Christian people in every school around the country, Father God, that you would raise up, Father God, your people that are strategically placed in those places, Father, to seek, Lord Jesus, your will for their schools. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Let us, Father God, be a people. Let us be a church, Father God. That will place the word of God, Lord Jesus, at the center of everything that we do. Making the word of God our priority, Lord Jesus. Every family, Lord God, making the word the priority for their children, Lord, for their homes. Let, the, let their conversations be filled, Father God, with your spirit. Let your, their conversations be filled with conversations that will bring children and people into obedience, Father God, to you, Lord God. Oh, Father, raise up administrators and policy makers that are Christian, Father God, that are going to do what is best and what is right, Lord Jesus, for everyone, Lord Jesus. Oh, I'm going to invite Pastor T. Pastor T, come on forward, Pastor. 
Pastor T, come on forward and lead us for a few minutes in prayer, Pastor. Father God, we come before you tonight. And Lord Father, we want to come all heartedly. We come here wholeheartedly, Lord Father. We ain't looking for who's here, Lord Father. The matter is that we are here. And we ask you, Lord, to please, Father, glory to God. Broaden our understanding so that we can get to know who you are, Lord. Hallelujah. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit so that we can, can, can tell the lies of, the, of Satan and the snares that he lays before us to fall. Father, we thank you for your salvation. Thank you for the blood that was shed upon the cross. And your Bible and your word says, Lord Father, there's no greater love than a friend that laid down his life. You laid down your life for us, Lord Jesus. And I ask you, Lord Father, glory to God. We are so grateful. Even though, Lord Father, that we are not perfect. We sin every day, oh Lord. But we thank you, Jesus, glory to God, for the blood that washed away our sins. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit that give us the power to go through this world today. Lord, there's so many people who are lost. And they're even lost in church, Lord. I ask your Father to let your light shine upon all the generation uh, uh, to come and the generation there is. And that we shall do a job, glory to God, to honor you. Father, our kids was not, it's not our kids. Our kids were given to us by you so that we can display our action as parents. Father, I pray that you bless every parent in this place tonight. Bless all their kids, Lord Father. Even the bad one, Lord Father. Let us show love and compassion so that we can win that soul for you. Lord Father, let us not judge anybody. Let us judge ourselves first. Lord Father, let us not look at anybody as lower than us or ourselves as higher than anybody. Lord Father, we come under the same level as you did when you left your glory and came to earth. Lord Father, we are so thankful for all that you have done. I pray for our pastor, Pastor Joss. Whatever you have instilled in him, Lord Father, I pray that he brings forth the word, the food that we need to eat, Lord Father, so that we can grow spiritually, Lord. Keep on, keep on bothering him, Father. Keep on giving him visions and give him the substance so that those visions can be fulfilled. Oh, Lord, we come to you tonight. Pray for all the leaders of our church, from the youth all the way up to the senior pastor. All the supporting pastors and all the leaders. We pray for our Spanish church. Glory to God. And soon, Lord Father, we'll probably have a Samoan church or, or another kind of church, Lord Father. But we, we are here, Lord Father, to give you the glory and the honor and, and, and get ourselves out of the way, Lord Father. But only you need to be praised. Only you need to be worshipped. We give you honor. In Jesus' name, glory to God, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Bless our congregation, glory to God, hallelujah. Help us to understand one another and, and pick each other up, Lord Father. Let us not step on each other just to get ahead. Lord Father, no, let us grab them by the hand and walk together in unity that represent God the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. We ask you, Lord Father, tonight, to let your spirit work in us. Let us judge ourselves tonight. Like, like your words say, Lord Father, 
In a time of communion, let us examine ourselves. What is it that we need to take out? What is it that we need to erase? Lord, Father, you didn't just forgive us. You pardon us, meaning that you white out everything that we have done. Oh, Lord, Father, there, is, there ain't no God that can do that. And we just thank you because you are a God, a mighty God, and yet you pardon us from all the mistakes that we made. Oh, Lord, we are so thankful and grateful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your healing. We have people here, Lord Father, that has friends and families members who are sick. And Lord Father, we pray, glory to God. Even though the doctors say they can't do no more, but what is your word, Lord? Why we believe your report, Lord. Yes, Father, let us not give up by what we hear, what we see. But let us keep on having faith in you. And Lord, we thank you for welcoming us into the family of God. And thank you, Lord. Thank you very much. Help us to live together in unity in this church. Father, this is nobody's church but yours. Pastor Joss and all the pastors here are just here to manage. But you own this church. And we ask your Father to anoint Pastor Joss and let him see and so he can treat us the way you have treated the whole world. Let their love be let their love be in this in this church. Let there be food in the kitchen so when the stranger come, we're able to serve them. Oh Lord Father, I remember the homeless, Lord Father, that they're out there seeking for for uh, for eat for food to eat to nurture their bodies, uh, seeking for to be clean. Lord Father, as I go out there with my with our team from here in Mesa Ebenezer, I ask you, Lord Father, the days that we don't go, can you send someone out there, please? Father, send somebody out there, Lord Father, glory to God, to help us, Lord Father, to lift this burden, Lord Father. You know, you say, Lord, because you were in jail, that, you know, people say, uh, 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 when were you ever hungry? Jesus said, because you did it to the least, you did it to me. Let us be obedient to your word, Father, and let us cater to everybody according to their need with the guidance of your spirit. We ask your Father to be with us here tonight. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Is there anybody who needs um, any uh, specific prayer? If you, if you need prayer, come up. And I want to invite anybody that it would like to come alongside them, circle around them, and begin to pray with them. Is there anybody that, that needs a, a prayer, special prayer, a touch from the Lord? Is there anybody here? Is there anybody? Is there anybody? Come forward. Amen. 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 Special request. Yes. Can I get about four sisters to come around and create a specific ring right here around Pastor Liz? Her, her special request is for students. She's my, this is my auntie. She's a teacher. She's one of our pastors, and she's a teacher here in Los Angeles at El Taloma High School. Hallelujah. Just begin to pray over her students. The burden that Pastor Liz, we call her, she, we call her Mama Lisi. The burden that she has for children, and not just for the children in her classroom, but they're for the children that she knows that are in our school districts, that are suffering, that are being attacked. 
She knows from the inside out. She knows what goes on in the teacher's union. She knows the conversations. She knows the, the emails. She knows all the, all the issues and she's representing. So just begin to pray. Intercede on her behalf right now. Intercede on the ch over the children of our nation right now in the name of Jesus. Just begin to, to just speak right now. Hallelujah. Amen. We have another teacher right here. Can I get a few more people to come and pray right here over our sister? What is your name? Her name is Rosa. Can I get some more sisters? And then I want a, a group of brothers to create a, a, a semicircle around this group right here as well to just cover them. Reverend Charles, could you please come forward and just... Those who know what to do, just come and just begin to do what you know to do. I don't, I don't need to point, point out people or call names. Don't even wait. Just know what God is calling you to do as the people of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. We lift up the teachers, Father God. Christian teachers that are persecuted, Father God. Give them wisdom. Give them, Lord Jesus, diplomacy, Father God, and how to navigate the challenges, Father God, so that they can both keep their jobs and be protected, Father God, by the, the rights, Lord Jesus, that they have, Lord Jesus, as teachers. Freedom of speech, Father God, freedom of religion, Father God, that you would educate our teachers and our Christian administrators, Father, that they would not ever be afraid, Father God, that they would not ever, Lord Jesus, shrink, Father God, against any attack that would come against them, Lord Jesus, especially because it is our children that is at stake, Lord God. That is why we have to pray for our children, for our schools, Father God. Pray for policies to be changed, new policies to be written, Father God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you're just walking into the sanctuary, you sense the Holy Spirit is moving, come in and sit for a couple of minutes and allow the Holy Spirit just to begin to speak to you. Allow the Holy Spirit just to minister to you right now. He's gonna speak to you right now. He's gonna show you what you need to do. He's gonna show you what needs to happen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Oh. Is there anybody else that needs prayer? Come forward, come forward, come forward. Come forward right now and let the people of God lay hands on you. Let the people of God anoint you in the name of Jesus. If you know somebody who needs prayer, come forward and intercede on their behalf right now. Hallelujah. Let us not sit back passively. Let us not sit back passively and just allow the enemy to continue to have his way with people that we know are going through something. We have to do something about it. And right now, God is calling us to pray. Lift up your voice. Seek the Lord. Hallelujah. 
from the depths of your heart, from the depths of your soul. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Seek the Lord. Pour out your spirit upon your people, O God. For it is the fire in heaven, Father God, that is going to change the atmosphere, Father God. That is going to do things that we can't do on our own power. That we can't do with our own strength. That we can't do with our own might, Father God. Oh, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Pour your spirit out. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Pour out healing right now in the name of Jesus. As we come to you to the altar, Father God, lay down our burdens, Father God, casting down, Father God, the burdens, the oppression, Father God. Lord, I declare there's a release. There's an exchange, Father God, on this altar right now, Father God. We come heavy, Father God, but we're about to experience an exchange, Father God, of hope, of your love, Lord Jesus. Your word says that your perfect love cast out all fear, Lord Jesus. So right now, I just declare that all fear is being cast out right now in the name of Jesus, Father God. I pray right now, Lord Jesus, for those that don't see their purpose, that don't understand their calling, Father God, that this is the year, Father God, that we declare upon them, Father God, that their spiritual eyes will open, Father God, that their spirit will burn and hunger for you, Lord Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father God, we were baptized, Father God, not just symbol to the world, Father God, but we died in that baptism, our sins and our old self died, Father God, and your word says that we resurrected with you, Father God, so today, Lord, I declare that all of us have been put to death, that there is no longer an old Lisa, an old Stephanie, an old Josh, an old Betsy, they're dead, but there is a new creation in you, Lord, there is power and authority in you, Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, I pray that you release the crowds of authority, the crowds of your power over your people, Lord Jesus, that we steward well, Lord, the gifts of the Spirit that you've given us, Father God. We want to be able to steward well and advance your kingdom, Lord Jesus. We hunger for you, Lord. We hunger for you. We long for you, Lord Jesus. We hunger for you, Lord Jesus. It's an everlasting hunger. Lord, I pray right now, Lord. I pray right now for a personal revival on every person present under the sound of my voice, Father God, that today be the day, Lord, that we learn to put to death, Father God, our opinions, Father God, Lord Jesus, our, our, our reasoning of the mind, Father God, and that you come and fill us up, Lord. Revive us, Lord Jesus. Revive us, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Is there anybody else that specifically needs prayer that like to come forward for prayer? Is there anybody? How can we pray with you? Father God, we lift up Sister Christina right now that is 
standing in the gap for her mother, Lord, who has been sick, who has been bedridden, suffering, Lord Jesus, in her body. Be with Christina. Give her perseverance, patience. Minister through her. Minister to her right now. Lord Jesus, just pour back into her right now. Give her peace. Give her your peace, Father, that surpasses all understanding. Be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, so that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall guard your, your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Well, the suffering that you go through as your mother suffers is not so that we resort to being sympathetic for you or pity you but it is to encourage you so we encourage you right now in the name of Jesus that you would be as Christ unto your mother unto your family hallelujah that the Lord will give you answers hallelujah that the Lord would build a hedge of protection around your marriage while you were attending to the things of your mom. That the Lord would provide everything you needed for the, for the boys, for the children in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, the Lord, when the waves come, the Lord allows believers to ride the waves and not to be swallowed up by them. When the waters rise, believers rise above the waters. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May you rise with the water, with the rising tide. May you rise with it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Amen. Mission Ebenezer, let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Let's give God a hand of praise right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. The last couple of weeks, we've been starting our Wednesday nights in prayer, just like this. That prayer is reason enough to want to come to the house of the Lord and come together with his people. Like-minded, like-spirited, on fire for Jesus Not taking no as an answer when the enemy comes to try and discourage and attack. They, we're not Pentecostals for no reason. The Lord has filled us with his spirit and baptized us with his, with his spirit and gives, give the, giving us the, the faith to believe in miracles and that God continues to do miracles. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let, his, let the, his, his complete anointing be poured out over us in Jesus' name. Amen. And let it not stop tonight. Let it not stop tonight. Let it continue. That's right. Oh, so we have prayer um, all week, right? What days? Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. We have prayer right here in the sanctuary at 5 a.m. Okay. So, um, 
Yeah, no, you're, church, you're more than welcome to come it's for an hour. It's from five to six. Um, uh, Minister Mighty Soul leads it Tuesdays and Thursdays. My, my parents, Pastor Isaac, uh, lead and, and coordinate on Fridays uh, here. So thank the Lord for that. God is good. Welcome to Mission Ebenezer Family Church. I'm Pastor Josh, um, one of our pastors here of this great church. It's great people. Um, just a couple of housekeeping items. This Sunday, we're having Back to School Sunday. Special speaker, Dr. Paul Flores from Church of the Redeemer in Baldwin Park. He's also a professor um, at uh, Azusa Pacific University. He is in the education department. And many of our young people here have taken his classes and uh, rave about him. He's been a personal friend of mine as, as long as I can remember. Our, our, our parents and Go back generations together. Um, he's going to be ministering this Sunday at both English and Spanish services. Um, at the, at, and at each service, we'll be giving backpacks to all the kids that come, stuff with school supplies, um, New Testament Bibles with a whole bunch of different Christian athletes on the Bible with their testimonies and all of those kinds of things. It's wonderful. We're going to have uh, food trucks and vendors outside here, and we'll have tables set up under the tent for people to fellowship and hang out after service, and um, we're just looking to have a wonderful, wonderful time together. Also, our tithes and offerings um, boxes are at the back of the sanctuary here to my right and to my left, should the Lord lead and the Holy Spirit direct you to contribute and sow into uh, our ministry, the ministry that the Lord has given to us for this region. Um, I pray that you would be obedient to do that if God puts that on your heart. Um, God continues to provide for all of the needs of this house, and we're blessed. Um, we, we, we know that God has called us to something uh, great, something very, very special in this region. And our church really does mean a lot to this region. Um, but uh, praise the Lord. If it's your very first time here, is there anybody here for the first time tonight? God bless you, my brother. Welcome to Mission Ebenezer. God bless you, sisters. Welcome. Our house is your house. Um, brother Carlos, would you mind getting three of our welcome packets with the welcome cards in them as well? We have a little gift for the three of you that we'd like to bless you with. If you're able to, you know, give us your information, we'd love to stay in contact with you. We promise not to harass you. Um, all for church purposes, and we just want to uh, communicate with you, letting you know how, how much of a blessing it was to have you here with us tonight. Amen. Church, this one more walk, one more uh, time. Let's welcome our friends. Praise God. Want to welcome Sister Tani, who's here. God bless you, Tani, and her. She's here with her sister, and uh, this. Beautiful ladies have been a part of our church um, in the past. And Tawny moved out to South Carolina. Is it Columbia or, or Greenville? Columbia, right? Um, and uh, they're married to her husband, Aaron, and have two, two kiddos, yes? And three stepbrothers. So five total? Five, five, five uh, stepdaughters. So five total. You got your hands full, sister. Uh, but great to have you here with us. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, church, let's turn to the book of Acts, chapter 24. 
We left off in chapter 23, and I really, I really enjoy the way the book of Acts reads, um, reads like a story. Um, it's not too, um, too wordy or heady, for that matter. Uh, you could read the Word of God, um, especially the book of Acts, to children, and they would be able to understand what is going on as Luke tells the story of the early church. And in this particular point in the book of Acts, Paul is bringing us into a discourse, or excuse me, Luke is bringing us into a discourse about the apostle Paul. And this is a particular point in time in Paul's ministry where he was incarcerated for over two years. Over two years. And what was his crime? What was Paul's crime? Why was he in jail for so long? It was because he believed in Jesus. Ultimately, he was willing to pay the price of remaining in jail, not renouncing his faith, because he could testify that Jesus himself appeared to him. And how many of you know that when Jesus appears to us, when, when Jesus intrudes into our lives, we can no longer be the same. We can no longer say God does not exist. We can no longer say God is, is not real. Because of the encounter that we have with Christ. We'll see you guys later. Bless you. Good to see you, Aaron. Brother Chris, God bless you. We can no longer stay quiet. We can no longer go back to being the same person we were after our encounter with Christ. And that's the beauty of a testimony. That's the beauty of Walking with Jesus, that's the beauty of following Jesus, is the fact that as we walk with Jesus, as we follow Jesus, as we grow in God's word, and we allow the word of God to come to life in us, we can't deny his transformative power, his working power. Once somebody receives Christ, guess what? That seed is there. It does not leave. It does not leave. Sometimes the spirit just has to come in and stoke the flame a little bit. You got to get the, the paper plate and you got to fan it a little bit. Fan it a little bit. And you got, we got to invite others to come alongside and, and keep blowing on that coal right there and stoke the flame and get it going again. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The Holy Spirit begins to come back in and establish residence. As the Holy Spirit begins to establish residence, the word of God, we have to bring the word of God and we have to call upon the name of Jesus in order that we come against those powers, those supernatural powers that we talked about last week. Those, those supernatural powers that invade our natural bodies and invoke the name of Jesus. And when we invoke the name of Jesus and when we, we take the word of God and we apply the word of God in our mind, our hearts, and through our mouths, and guess what? It changes everything. 
But when we don't invite Jesus into our conversations, when we don't invite the Lord into what we're doing, and we allow the world to penetrate, when we allow the world to get into who we are, what we do, how we think, why we live, and guess what? We start to flirt with danger that doesn't need to be anywhere near anywhere near us. The Apostle Paul knew exactly that. He had to be prayed up. The Apostle Paul knew that people were after him, just like the enemy is after us. The enemy is after teachers that will give in. The enemy is after moms that will just say, oh, you know what, you know, maybe, maybe it's not so bad after all. The enemy is after dads that will say, oh, you know what, I guess I'm just, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more lax, you know, in this area. You know, maybe it's, you know, it's not that bad. But we're going to learn here in the word of God how important it is for us to have strong convictions. And not to, de- not to be afraid to deliver those convictions. Yeah, you'll be judged for it. Yeah, people will talk about you and call you names. People won't want to have you around and invite you over anymore. They won't, they won't um, they'll defriend you. All of a sudden their name will pop back, back up on Facebook as a friend. You're like, well, I thought we were friends. Not no more. What does Luke tell us? Consider the cost before you build the house. Acts chapter 4, verse 1. Five days later, the high priest Ananias went down to Caesarea with some of the elders and a lawyer named Tertullus or Tertius. And they brought their charges against Paul before the governor. Pause there for a moment. We talked about last week that this is the third person named Ananias in the book of Acts 24 chapter 24 chapter 24 did I say four 24 sorry y'all we're we're in we were in 23 so now we're in 24 so this is the this is the third Ananias and this Ananias was the high priest of the Sanhedrin he was basically the metal metal he was like the the big shot, he was a shot caller of the Jewish um, people in Jerusalem. So this guy had a lot, of pop, a lot of power, a lot of clout. He's responsible for having Paul arrested and then taken to Felix. When Paul, verse 2, when Paul was called in, Tertullus presented his case before Felix. And watch what, how Tertullus, who probably was a Hellenistic Jew, which means he was probably a, a, a Jew who was influenced by, the, by Greek culture. Some say he could have been a, a Gentile as well. Nonetheless, he came, Tertullus came with Ananias, the Jewish high priest. So, and Tertullus was employed by the Sanhedrin or the temple there in Jerusalem. So he is probably one of your most popular, probably your most famous, probably the richest lawyer that there, there was at that time in their day. 
if he was being called in to come and handle the case regarding Paul or Saul. Because he was public enemy number one. Because there's no more Jesus. They had already dealt with public enemy number one, Jesus, right? Several years prior. Now we're talking about Paul. So Paul becomes public enemy number one. He's the guy that they want to go after. If they go after him, then we can bring the whole thing down is their thought. Sometimes do you feel that way? If the enemy can bring you down, then everything else goes down with you. When Paul was called in, Tertullus presented his case before Felix. Felix was the governor, you guys. He was the governor of this region. He was in Caesarea. Caesarea is a coastal city. It's slightly northwest of Jerusalem. And a very popular place um, to this day. It's, it's a, a fan favorite if you're traveling in Israel. Everybody goes to Caesarea to see the ocean there on the coast. And frankly, there are, there are uh, monuments. There are uh, buildings that have be- become uncovered over the last thousand plus years that have inscriptions on the rocks and stone. One place in Caesarea, you can find uh, the name uh, Paulus. They believe that that was in reference to the Apostle Paul, which validates and gives um, credit towards the uh, actuality or the historicity of the New Testament. Because some people will still say that the Bible Um, Old Testament and New Testament and people in the Bible are fictitious names, um, stories, fables, so on and so forth. Okay, these kinds of conversations actually um, are, are still taking place today. He says, we've enjoyed a long period of peace under you and your foresight has brought about reforms in this nation. Everywhere and in every way, most excellent Felix, we acknowledge this with proud gratitude. But in order not to worry you further, I would request that you be kind enough to hear us briefly. So let's pause there for a moment. If you um, were at our Spanish service on Sunday, Pastor Isaac brought a word on this same chapter. Um, If you understand Spanish, I highly recommend to go and watch that Uh, post-produced message that our team worked on this week already on any of the platforms. It was a powerful message, a a beautiful message. And so we're, we're, we're picking up here in our, we just happened to be here in our, in our English service. And one of the things that we see here is that first of all, the Jews did not like the Romans. And so everything that Tertullus is bringing to Governor Felix here is like purely facade. He's just faking the funk, right? He's just trying to butter him up, right? He's such a hypocrite. And he's trying to tell him all these wonderful things about himself. um, Yet they don't believe not one thing that Tertullus was saying. Matter of fact, they despise the Romans. Right. And for some of us who 
know Scripture, we all know that if you did not believe that Jesus was Messiah and you were Jewish, then you were still waiting for some kind of Messiah to deliver you from Roman rule. You see, the Jews, before Jesus was crucified, they thought that Jesus was going to be that Messiah, that Jesus was going to be the person that would deliver them from Roman oppression or rule. The Jews were a subgroup, a subculture within the Roman Empire, which meant that in order to appease the Jews, because they were such a massive people, the Romans oftentimes would give, give them a few crumbs to keep them happy. Like giving a kid a little, you know, little piece of candy instead of the whole lollipop, just to keep them happy. Well, in the same way, the Jews were still waiting for someone to deliver them from Roman oppression or rule. So right away, you know that Tertullus and Ananias are walking up in there, supposedly singing the praises of Governor Felix. We have enjoyed a long period of shalom under you. Your foresight has brought about reforms in this nation. He's just like flattering him, right? Trying to butter him up. So here we go. Just want to give you that little bit of a backdrop as to what they're really up to. Verse 5. We found this man to be a troublemaker. This is accusation number one. Stirring up riots among the Jews all over the world. For them, it's like their known world, right? The Roman world. Accusation number two. He's a ringleader of the Nazarene sect. And even tried to desecrate the temple. So we seized him. Now, the Christian movement was a smaller faction of Jews. The Christians were not a separate religion. Was not a separate faith. By and large, the majority of Christians still up until this point in Acts chapter 24 are Christian Jews. Messianic Jews. Just a few chapters prior, Peter was still barely getting the picture that God wanted the Jews who believed in Jesus to spread the gospel, to spread the good news to all nations. That means Gentiles alike, right? Spreading the love. So here they're saying that Paul was now the ringleader of the Nazarene sect. Now, a sect, you guys, is another word for a heretical group of a certain belief or faith, a sect. Normally when you talk about a sect, it's not a, a, it's not a set, right? Oh, that set over there. No, it's a sect. A sect is some, 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 a group that breaks off or branches off, starts doing their own thing, but people despise them, look down on them because they're not legitimate. Y'all tracking with me? Okay, so they're saying that he is a ringleader. In other words, he is like the leader of a cult. Does that make sense? This guy, is a, he's a leader of a cult. Now, if you're the governor of Rome, right, and your job is to protect the empire, and your job is to sing the praises of Caesar, which 
right? The city of Caesarea was named after, after the name, a town after the kings. Then your job is to dispel any other threats or attempts at introducing foreign gods, cults that would detract or take away from the divinity of the king of Rome. You follow me? Because they would worship their kings. They would worship their rulers. True to fact. So there was a paganistic type of cult within this Roman Roman empires and other empires like it. Accusation number three. By examining him, or excuse me, he says, and even tried to desecrate the temple. So we seize him. That's, that's accusation number three. So number one was, he's a troublemaker stirring up riots among the Jews all over the world. Number two, he's a ringleader of the Nazarene sect. That's number two. And then number three, trying to desecrate the temple. So we seized him. And what he means by desecrating the temple, according to the Jewish faith, if the Jews were able to prosecute somebody that was detracting or taking away from the one true God, that was also a punishable offense. But oftentimes the Jews, sometimes hands were tied and could not have their way sometimes with people, so they would try to bring them to the Romans to do the dirty work for them. Much like what happened in the case, in the passion, the crucifixion of Jesus. We all together? So they're bringing these three accusations against Paul. He's stirring up trouble among the Jews. He's a ringleader of a Nazarene sect. And he's he's tried to desecrate the temple. And desecrate the temple also means that he would go to the temple. And if somebody who was seen the way they looked at Paul would go to the temple, that means that that person was defiling the temple by, by... whatever they represented or they um, were living for. So just by virtue of Paul going to the temple, because Christians still went to the temple to worship because they didn't believe in a different God. We need to understand that the God that the Jews are worshiping is the God that the Christians were worshiping only The story of God that he had passed down through the people of Israel or the people of God was to look out for a Messiah who would be God incarnate himself. So what happens is, is that the very God or Jesus that Paul and the rest of the disciples and all the believers or followers of the way worshipped could be found right there at the temple. That's what they believed. Like, we're worshiping God, but we know Messiah. And they're like, no, we don't believe Messiah. Out of here. Right? So that's, that was a big, huge conflict for them. And then verse 8. By examining him yourself, you'll be able to learn the truth about all these charges that we are bringing against him. Verse 9. The Jews joined in the accusation. 
asserting that these things were true. So what they would do in, in that type of a setting is start to, yeah, and they start to raise their voice and, and, and stir the people up into, you know, a fit um, and, and to, to try and sway the room, to try and sway the decision makers. When the governor motioned, who's the governor? Felix. Felix. Everybody say Felix. Felix. Mr. Happy. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the reason why he was um, seemingly a happy man in just a little bit. When the governor motioned for him to speak, Paul replied, I know that for a number of years you have been a judge over this nation, so I gladly Make my defense. In other words, he's actually saying a good thing about Felix, saying he's known to be a pretty fair man. Isn't that good when you're dealing with people that are fair? You can easily verify that no more than 12 days ago, I went up to Jerusalem to worship. My accusers did not find me arguing with anyone at the temple or stirring up a crowd in the synagogues or anywhere else in the city. And they cannot prove to you the charges they're now making against me. However, I do admit that I worship the God of our fathers as a follower of the way, which they call a sect. I believe everything that agrees with the law and that is written in the prophets. And I have the same hope in God as these men. That there will be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. So I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. After an absence of several years, I came to Jerusalem, he says, to bring my people gifts for the poor and to present offerings. I was ceremonially clean when they found me in the temple courts doing this. In other words, he's saying, I haven't, broke, I haven't even broken the, my own law. My own religious laws. And why are my own people trying to accuse me? But they're trying to make Paul out to be an outsider and not one of the Jews. You guys following that so far? There was no crowd with me, nor was I involved in any disturbance. But there are, and and remember, Paul was a Pharisee before he became one of the leaders of the church. And a, basically a Pharisee, he calls himself a Pharisee of Pharisees to the highest letter of the law. In other words, Paul had degree upon degree upon degree of education, training, and knowledge of the Mosaic law. He was the brightest. He was one of the sharpest. So he's providing his own defense. He's representing himself basically in this, this case, in this this court-type setting. And um, he is betting on himself. Isn't that, a, isn't that cool? Amen. How many of us would bet on ourselves? <laughs> Let me call another good Jewish lawyer. Verse 19. But there are some Jews from the province of Asia who ought to be here before you and bring charges if they have anything against me. 
Or these who are here should state what crime they found in me when I stood before the Sanhedrin. The collection of 70 men who were the 70 um, highest elders within the Jewish religion there in Jerusalem. Verse 21. Unless it was this one thing I shouted as I stood in their presence, it is concerning the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial before you today. All right, quiz. There were two groups of religious leaders. One of them were the Pharisees and the other one, other one was called the Sadducees. Which one believed in the resurrection of the dead? Good job. The Pharisees believed that there was believed in that there could possibly be a resurrection. The Sadducees, which is another one of the religious groupings of the Jews, did not believe in the possibility of any kind of resurrection at all, or spirits. They didn't believe in spirits or angels. So basically, they didn't really believe in the supernatural, which is hard for me to fathom since they're still believers or followers of God. So that, that, that perplexes me a little bit, Reverend Charles. How could you be that kind of a religious leader and not believe in the supernatural aspects or elements or realms of God, the one that they worship and serve? That's, that's mind-boggling. It's oxymoronic for me. Well, anyways, let's continue. Paul was saying that he believed in the resurrection. And moreover, not just the resurrection, he believed that Jesus of Nazareth resurrected. Not just spiritually, but in bodily form. Now, there are people, there, there are people who don't believe in the spiritual realm. There are people who don't believe in heaven and don't believe in hell. There are people who don't believe that there is a devil. There are people who don't believe that there are demons. There are people who don't believe in magic or black magic. There are people who don't believe that there are evil spirits in the world. But guess what? There's some in here right now. Bind you, Satan. We as believers, we cannot be so naive as to think that just because we are Christians or we are believers, that we're just, just covered by the blood and walking in a bubble. You got to activate your faith. You have to be proactive in warding off curses. You have to be proactive in praying for protection over you and yours. You cannot allow or afford the, to allow the enemy to come even near the front of your doorstep. We have to ward off attacks and attempts on you, on me, on our children, on our marriages. Amen? Amen. 
We have to pray for the church around the world. Much less pray for one another. Verse 22. Then Felix, who was well acquainted with the way, adjourned the proceedings. He said, all right. It's enough for today. When Lysias, the commander, comes, he said, I will decide your case. He ordered the centurion to keep Paul under guard, but to give him some freedom and permit his friends to take care of his needs. Now, this is where I learned that here in Caesarea, although Paul was kept under lock and key, it was a very laxed um, setting for him. He didn't have chains on when he was during this particular prison stay. And they actually gave him a nice little waterfront house that was there near the water. And it was kept under guard. But, so pe- but they allowed people to come and visit. Bring him food. Bring him some albondigas. Bring him some tamales. Bring him some panipopo. Some pancet. And Paul's friends were, were taking care of his needs. And Paul was getting up there in age too. He wasn't, he wasn't no spring chicken. So he had also physical medical needs that people needed to tend to. So thank the Lord for the grace that Governor Felix had over Paul, which sustained his life. <clears throat> this also allowed Paul to be able to write. And do things while he was there in Caesarea. Verse 24. Several days later, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was a Jewess. He sent for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about faith in Christ Jesus. As Paul discoursed on righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and said, that's enough for now. You may leave. When I find it convenient, I'll send for you. This is pretty awesome. Basically, Paul began to minister to him. And he began to open the word of God and teach him the word of God. And he allowed the word of God and the truth of the word of God and the truth of judgment began to minister to Governor Felix to bring conviction, to make him Realize and open his eyes. If, if he, the Bible says that right here that he knew all about the way. He knew all about that, that, those radical faith people over there. He knew about them. But he didn't know much about what they believed. He didn't know much about the one that they believed in. And he didn't know why they were so compelled to break away from the Jewish, this great Jewish religion and movement. Until Paul began to teach him and minister to him and tell him, Governor Phil, I'm just telling you, bro, you need to get your stuff in order. God is a zealous God. And he is a wrathful God. And he will deal with us according to our sin. It says that he began to teach him on the things of righteousness. So that means he began to teach him. In Genesis chapter 15, God chose a man named Abraham. And God credited unto Abraham 
as righteousness because Abraham believed God when God promised to do something for him. And it was that same righteousness, that same faith that Abraham has that passed down all the way to us. And all the things that you've ever done, Governor Felix, God can forgive you. You don't have to go to hell. You can have your sins forgiven. You can become righteous, not by good deeds or not by works, but by faith in Christ alone. Just like Abraham. He basically broke open everything right here for Felix. Said that Felix started shaking in his boots. He was convicted. Felix was notorious for sexual immorality. He and his wife were a part of massive, massive, lascivious sexual orgies and parties. You can look it up. Read Josephus, one of the great early historians, extra biblical historians, not, not from the faith perspective, but gives some helps gives us some other perspective on the outside looking in on different people that we read about in the Bible with, with lens which which lends again validity and credibility to the very word of God. So Josephus talks about these different, you know, uh, real people, historical people, such as Governor Felix. He says, um, that's enough for now. You, you, you said enough. You, now you got me worried. You got me thinking. You got me dealing with my conscience. You got me thinking about all the stuff I've been involved in. All the people that I've done dirty. Felix was also known for having um, a group of assassins. Kill whoever he desired or whoever he pleased or whoever his wife says, get rid of him. He had a group of probably some of the most fierce, trained, tactical fighters and warriors of that day. There's a, there's a particular martial arts, I think it's called Krav Maga, And there's... That tr particular training comes from Israeli soldiers and officers that are some of the most dangerous men in hand-to-hand -hand combat, hand-to-hand. -hand. And it stems from all these incredible, like amazing warriors in biblical times that we've read about also. These are the part of the arts, right? fighting arts. Well, Felix, this Roman governor, had a group of men that were a part of this, this Roman assassins, kind of like on the movies that we watch, that would do whatever they were asked to do with no questions. All right, moving on. Um, we're in verse... 26. At the same time, he was hoping that Paul would offer him a bribe, so he sent for him frequently and talked with him. 
Because he knew Paul was kept, he, he made it comfortable for Paul. People came, brought Paul things, brought Paul money, you know, putting money on his uh, jail card. You know, like, press one if you would like to make a deposit. Paul had people putting money on his books. So Governor Felix was like hoping Paul was going to be kicking him down with some stuff, but he never did. Just left him in jail. Look at verse 27. When two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Portius Festus. Means he was very big. But because Felix wanted to grant a favor to the Jews, he left Paul in prison. Again, another one of those appeasements. Much like what Pontius Pilate did in the case of Jesus. He wanted to appease the Jews. So on that particular Passover weekend, in order to throw them a bone, he said, do you want me to release Barabbas or Jesus? And of course, we know the story. Who did they choose? They said, release Barabbas, keep Jesus, more so crucify him. And we see here that many people um, did what they thought was best for themselves. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons here for us is as Christians, we're called to put others first and to not think more highly of ourselves than we ought. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Paul said that, to put others first. Felix enjoyed the company that he had with Paul, which is also one of the reasons why he kept Paul close to him. But from my perspective, he could have at least given Paul pardon when he was before he, he left that seat as governor. But he didn't. He left him to stay there in prison. I see also the hand of God in that. God had a greater purpose. You're going to see that Paul just keeps going from one trial to the next. <laughs> he, just, he goes from Felix to Festus all the way to King Agrippa. And we're going we're gonna to see that in the, in the next chapter. But it was all part of God's plan and his hand on Paul, right, and what happens in the world. Um, but we as Christians, it's hard for us to reconcile God's sovereignty sometimes. It's hard for us to understand why God allows things to happen the way they happen. But when we look back, 10 years from, from a situation, you go, I see. I now understand. But when we're in the middle of that situation, it doesn't feel very good. Sometimes God allows us to go through some really hard things. And he does that on purpose. If you read the book of Jeremiah, a prophet of lament, You'll see many times and many references in there says that, and God allowed, or God did, God allowed the people of Israel to go through things because of the result that he was ultimately going to bring out of all of those situations. When we look at our lives, most of us would never, ever, 
want to have to go through the things that we've experienced again. But when we have seen the product, when we have seen what the result of what God has done, we're wiser for it, we're stronger, we're better. But we would be foolish to ask God to do it again. God does always prepare us for what is yet in store. And that's also a scary thought. It's a sobering thought. God never promised for us as Christians to never have tribulation, to never have trial. Take your doubts. Give them to the Lord. Take your fears. Surrender them to Jesus. Take our resentment and trust them into the hands of Jesus. Ask God for forgiveness. Keep our hearts pure before God, not wishing harm or hell upon anyone. Choose Christ. Choose Jesus. Jesus will exalt you. Choose the way of Christ and earn yourselves a couple more jewels on your crown for when you get to heaven. We may not see all the rewards here on earth that God has in store for us when we're obedient. And that's okay. Trust him. Trust him with your life. Trust him with your heart. Soften Keep your heart soft and not hardened by life, by brokenness, by disappointment. Keep it soft and tender so that you don't miss the good things that God wants to bring into your lives. Church, let's stand and let's let's ask the Lord to dismiss us. Tonight, Amen. 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 Again, if anybody, any of you guys missed it, this Sunday is Back to School Sunday. We have special Sunday services. Um, special speaker, Dr. Paul Flores. We have backpacks, school supplies, Bibles for all the kids. There's going to be food vendors, um, a wonderful uh, festive atmosphere. Uh, this corner is going to be rocking this Sunday. And it's a great reason. It's a great excuse for you to invite somebody to church this Sunday. Pastor Paul Flores is going to bring a a powerful word, a charge to us, a dear friend. Um, It's good to hear from outside perspectives sometimes. And we're blessed with, with, with great pastors and teachers and preachers, but it's also It's also a a good practice for us to open our pulpit to people that we trust that will also uh, direct us and bring us closer to God. Father, if there's anybody here who is hurting, there's anybody here, Father, who needs a touch from you, would you do that for them? Father, would you bring peace into their lives? into their hearts. Thank you for letting us rest in you and in your word tonight. Thank you for the wonderful time of prayer 
at the beginning of the service, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for meeting us here, Father God. We love you, Lord Jesus. We can't do it without you, Father God. We can't do it. We can't make it without you, Lord Jesus. What were we thinking, Father? <laughs> what were we thinking? Nothing compares to you. Nothing compares to you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, nothing. Nothing compares to you, God. Oh, Father, we thank you, Jesus. Oh, sweet spirit, we bless you. In Jesus' name, we all pray and everyone said, amen. God bless you, mission. We love you. God is with you. You can do it. You can do it.